Turning your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5, of course, we're continuing our study of the, the gospel of Matthew. We've been seeing it verse by verse, passage by passage. Uh, uh, Matthew, of course, presents Jesus Christ as the King of the Jews, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords. He has chosen his 12 disciples. He has gone to the side of a long sloping hill uh, around the Sea of Galilee, and he is teaching, giving them principles. Most of the time, we call this the Sermon on the Mount. And what we see is that he is giving the principles of righteous living as those who belong to Jesus Christ. Now, what we see, as we've been studying this over the weeks, is a sharp contrast between the religious leaders and Jesus Christ. The religious leaders saw the law as external. Just keep the rules. Don't murder. Don't do this. Don't do this. But Jesus saw it differently. Jesus saw the law as both internal and external. He saw it as both attitudes and actions. And we've seen, and, and as we go through this, Jesus will say something like this. He'll say, you have heard it said, but I say to you. So he goes beyond what the religious leaders would say. We have seen subjects like murder and anger already and lust and divorce. And, and this morning, we're going to look at oaths and vows. You know, do you say, I swear to God? I swear to God, I'll do this. Do we say that? Are we supposed to? How about vengeance? How do we respond to others? And, and do we give up our rights? Or, or is there times to give up our rights? How do we as believers live in a fallen world? So let me raise you some, some questions. Are we to make vows and oaths? If we do, we're to keep our vows? How do we respond to those who do us wrong? And are there times to seek our rights and are there times to let them go? And so as we look at the passage this morning, we're going to go through it fairly quickly uh, and, and we'll see how that fits together. Well, I saw a commercial the other day. I was watching on Monday on my day off. I was watching Criminal Minds. I can't watch but a couple of them because it gets so dark. You just have to go outside and run or something. But anyway, I saw a commercial the other day and the guy said, have you been injured in an accident? Have you been hurt? Have you got what's coming to you? Call this certain number. And so the truth is that our attitude in our society is we want what's coming to us. And I'm not saying this wrong. I'm just saying that people say we want what's coming to us. In fact, our, our society demands our rights. We want our rights. As we look carefully at this passage, we're going to see some of Jesus' teaching is not so popular because he says believers are not really to demand their rights. He fact, in fact, he says there are times when believers give up their rights for the sake of the gospel and the unity of the body. Dwight Pentecost was one of my professors at Dallas Seminary, and here's what he said. He said, the character of, of the righteous ones is that they do not demand their rights. We don't always have to have what's coming to us. We are to be looking out for others, not so much ourselves. As we grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, we, well, we're to love one another. We're to look out for others, not so much our own rights. And so in, in this whole section of Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 21, all the way through 48, this little section that we're in now, we see all these contrasting things that Jesus teaches. Religious leaders say external, but Jesus says external and internal. And what we saw, and, and this is just over the last weeks, and some really hard things. We talked about murder and anger. And he said, you know, you're not supposed to murder, but what about anger? And they talked about adultery and lust. So you're not supposed to commit adultery, but then what about lusting, looking at somebody? And then they talked about divorce and, and even divorce and remarriage and all those things. And we saw all that last week. As we look this morning, we're going to see vows and oaths, keeping our word, and revenge, retaliation, the idea of giving up our rights. The passage here where it talks about turning the other cheek. I mean, I've heard people all, ever since I became a believer, say, what does that mean if somebody slaps you to turn the other cheek? I've said some people say, well, that's not for today. Somebody slaps you, you slap them right back. And I've heard other people say, no, no, you can't get anybody back or do anything. So we, what does it mean? What is Jesus talking about? We'll see it as we go through. Well, we've seen murder and anger and lust and adultery and divorce. And now, keeping our word 
and vows and oaths and revenge, those whole things. Look at verse 33. Jesus continued to teach, and now he's going to talk about vows. Okay, look what he says. Verse 33, again, you have heard that the ancients were told, you shall not make false vows, but shall fulfill your vows to the Lord. Now, remember when Jesus is teaching, they're all under the Mosaic law. These are Jewish people on the side of a hill, and he's teaching them, and the Mosaic law said not to make false vows. And so basically it said, you don't say, I swear. I swear I'm going to do this, and then you don't keep your vow. I mean, we all make vows. Sometimes we get married, we stand up there and we say, I vow before God that I will be with this person for as long as I live. We make those vows. We make other vows sometimes. Jesus said, you've heard it said, and this is under Mosaic law, you shall not make a a false vow, but you shall keep your vows to the Lord. Let me show you what what he says here. This goes goes all the way back to Leviticus 19, where it says, and you shall not swear falsely by my name, as to profane the name of your God. I'm the Lord. He says, you can't swear falsely. You can't say you're going to do something and don't do it. He says in in Numbers 30, verse 2, if a man makes a vow to the Lord, now notice, I want you to remember this. If a man makes a vow to the Lord or takes an oath to bind himself with a, with a binding obligation, he shall not violate his word. He shall do according to all the precepts out of his mouth. Basically, if you make a vow, you're to keep your vows. That's what he's saying. Keep your word. Be, be people who keep their word. Now, I wanted you to notice that on purpose that it said, if a man makes a vow to the Lord. Now, we, we always get on these religious leaders, and rightly so, because they were all legalistic. They all had all kind of rules. Most of them were not believers because they, they thought if you do good and keep law, try to keep law, you're okay with God. If you're a Jew and you keep the law, you're okay with God. Jesus said, no, you're not okay with God. What did they do about vows and oaths? They would swear. They would swear. I swear before God I will do this. I will swear before Jerusalem I will do this. I swear before heaven I will do this. And so they made oaths and vows. Now, under the Mosaic law, if you made a vow, you were supposed to keep it. We'd say the same thing today. Listen, if you said, I'll be there at 8 o'clock, what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? Be there at 8 o'clock. You're supposed to keep your word if you make a vow. Now, you didn't say, I swear before God I'm going to be there at 8 o'clock. That sounds a little bit different. sounds a little bit stronger. But... The religious leaders sometimes would say, I swear before God. Sometimes they'd say, I swear before Jerusalem. But let me tell you, by the time of Jesus' time, the religious leaders would say this. If they didn't use God's name, they weren't accountable. If they didn't use, if they said, I swear to Jerusalem, I'll be there at eight. If they weren't there, they'd say, I didn't say God. I didn't say God. And if you didn't say God, you're okay. That's what they thought. That's what they taught people. Jesus says, you have heard, it says by the ancients, that you shall not make false vows, but you shall fulfill your vows to the Lord. And so they they would make these vows, but they didn't use God's name. And if they didn't use God's name, they were okay. Let me show you something. This is what Deuteronomy says. When you make a vow, notice, when you make a vow to the Lord, your God, you shall not delay to pay for it, for it would be sin. And the Lord your God will surely require it of you. However, if you refrain from vowing, it's not sin to not make a vow. You shall be careful to perform whatever comes from your lips, just as you vowed, look, vowed to the Lord your God. So the religious leader said, if I didn't say God, I'm okay. If I said, I swear I'll be there, but I didn't say, God, I'm okay. That'd be like you saying, saying, oh, I'm going to show up. I'll be there at nine o'clock on Saturday morning to help everybody move all the Christmas decorations. And then you don't come and you say, but I didn't say God, so I didn't have to show up. 
This is what the religious leaders were doing. And so Jesus says, you've heard the ancients were told, you shall not make false vows, but you shall fear your vows to the Lord. Well, it's true. They were supposed to keep their vows. But they got around that. But look what Jesus says. Now, let me just say this to you. When you give your word, when you say you're going to do something, do you do it? And we know that we're not perfect, and sometimes we'll say, look, I'll be there at 8. You go out in the morning at 7.45, and the battery's dead in your car, and you go, oh, my gosh, and you're going to be late, or you're not going to be able to make it. Or, I mean, sometimes things happen that are beyond our control. But most of the time, if you say, I'm going to do something, do you do it? Do you keep your word? Religious leaders said it only counts if you say God. Jesus says, listen, you have heard that it was told, the ancients said, you shall not make false vows, but you shall fulfill your vows to the Lord. But look what Jesus said. But I say to you, now this is Jesus, make no oath at all, either by heaven, for it's the throne of God, or by the earth, for it's the footstool of his feet, or by Jerusalem, for it's the city of the great king. Nor shall you make an oath by your own head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Jesus says, don't make a vow. So they said, well, it's wrong not to keep your word if you didn't use God. It's okay. Was it wrong not to keep their word if they didn't use God? Jesus said, no, wait a minute. I'm not saying that. I'm saying don't make a vow at all. Don't make a vow to Jerusalem. Don't make a vow to heaven. Don't make a vow to, to the throne of God. Don't make a vow to yourself. And so he says, listen, you're going to see it in a little bit. He's going to say, just say yes or no. Yes, I will. No, I won't. Because your word is good enough. And notice what he says. Now, why, you might think, why did he throw all this in here? Verse 34. But I say to you, make no, verse, uh, no oath at all, either by the heaven, it's the throne of God, or the earth, it's the footstool for his feet, or Jerusalem, it's the seat of the great king, nor by your own head. Because see, those four things, they would say that. They would say, I swear by heaven, I'll be there. And then when they weren't there, they'd say, I didn't say God. I just said heaven. I swear by the earth. I swear by the whole earth. I, I, I'll be there. But oh, it didn't count because I didn't say God. I swear by Jerusalem. But it didn't matter. I swear by myself. I promise you by myself, I'll be there. It didn't matter. They said, if it didn't say God, you were out of it. Jesus said, no, no, no. Here's why. Look again at verse 34. He said, but I say to you, make no moth at all either by heaven. Why? Because heaven... It's the throne of God. It belongs to God. It's the same as saying God. And if he says, by the earth, which is his footstool, why? It belongs to God. And if he says, Jerusalem, it's the city of the king, it belongs to God. And if he says, even myself, he says, you can't even change one hair, white or black. You all belong to God. And so God basically says, Jesus says, it doesn't matter whether you say Jerusalem or heaven or the throne or yourself, they all belong to God, and if you say, I swear, and then you say, I didn't say God's name, it all belongs to God. They all belong to God. It's the same. And so when we swear by these things, and, and, and so bottom line, Jesus is saying, be careful when you go around saying things like, well, I swore before Jerusalem, or I swear by Stillwater, Oklahoma, I'll be there. Listen, no matter, it all belongs to God. And if you say, I, I swear by myself, I swear... Listen, you don't have to swear. He says, don't swear. Don't give an oath. Because look what he says. Verse 37, let your statement be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything beyond these is of evil. He says, your word is enough. Let me say something to us. If we make a commitment, if we say we're going to do something, 
we ought to do what we say. Now, there may be times something goes wrong and you can't do it, but we need to keep our word. See, today, we keep our word if it's convenient. And that's why we have lawyers and contracts and loopholes, you know, and it says, oh, wait a minute, that, 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 that didn't, I didn't sign that there. See, that's, I, I know I said, but I didn't sign that. Religious leaders said, it, I have to keep it if I said it to God. Jesus says, just say yes or no, and that's enough. We're to be salt and light in our community. I have to tell you this story, which I put myself in this situation. It's been a number of years ago, but uh, some fraternity guys went to our church a long time ago, and they came up to me, and, they, and one of the guys who was the president, he said, hey, JB, would you come speak on a Saturday morning at a retreat that we're having for the fraternity, just like from 8 to 9? And I didn't even ask where or when or anything. I said, yeah, well, I'd be glad to. I'd be glad. I'd love to. And he said, oh, yeah, okay, I'll let you know when it gets closer. Well, it got about the week of it, and he called me, and he said, you're still going to speak, aren't you? I said, oh, yeah, of course. And I said, where is it? Because I thought it was right around Stillwater, but it was three hours away and had to be there at 8 o'clock that morning to speak. So I got up at 4.30, drove. I could have said to him, in fact, I did say to him, I said, oh, it's not here? And he went, no, it's close to Miami, Oklahoma. You know, and I went, what? And he went, oh, is that going to be too, is that, you know, I know you said you'd come, but is that going to put too much of a hardship on you? And I thought to myself, man, I'm, I mean, if I'm going to be there at 8 o'clock, I've got to leave at like 4.30, drive the three hours, get there, speak, turn around and drive the three hours back. And this is on a Saturday morning. I've got church the next day. So I've got to drive six hours and speak for, you know, 40 minutes. And I don't even know where the place is. I don't even know if I can find it because I can't find anything. But anyway, I said, of course I'm coming. Why was I going to come? Because I told him I would come speak. So I got up that morning, 4.30, drove there, uh, got there, did it. It was fun, great time. Got back in the car and drove back because I told him I would do it, right? And it ought to be very serious when we say we're going to do something. Now, there may be times something goes wrong and you just can't keep your word on everything. But it should be, as Jesus said, let your yes be yes. And, you're no be- and you don't have to say, I swear to God. Because your character ought to be enough that when you say yes that you will do what you say, and when you say no, you will do what you say. If we make a promise, try to keep it. That's what we're supposed to do. uh, So so that's what he says there. Now, that's the the vow thing. And so I would say for all of us in this room, be very careful what you say yes and no to, because you should bind yourself, because that's what Jesus said. He said that you don't have to swear. You don't have to swear by heaven or anything else. You don't even have to swear on yourself. Your yes or no is sufficient. Keep your word. That's a challenge to all of us, and that's hard. Now, from there we go to a real hard one. Not as hard as last week's, but another hard one. And that's rights. Uh, We want our rights. We deserve our rights. We live in a country that says, I deserve my rights. I deserve what's coming to me. And so what does he say here? Look at this. Verse 38. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Now, you've heard that probably most of your life. That's the Mosaic Law. That's found... Leviticus 24, 20, Exodus 21, those particular passages. Let me tell you what that was. Under the Mosaic Law, let's say that I accidentally killed your, your, your calf. Then by the law, I'm supposed to replace that. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. That's what I'm supposed to do. What that did, it was said that there has to be, you know, if something goes wrong, then you, you've got to, to take care of that. You've got to take care of that. 
Now, what does it mean, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth? Because that sounds pretty rugged, because look, what if you, oh, poke my eye out, but I'm going to poke your eye out. That's, that's sort of what, it, I knocked your tooth out. Well, in reality, that's sort of what it was. Let me show you what it means. When we talk about this sort of things, the reasons eye for eye, it provided retribution. This was under law, by the way. This was not personal revenge. This was not that if somebody poked out your eye, you go in and find them and poke out their eye. This had to do with the government. From beginning from Genesis 9-6 on, government has the responsibility on these sort of things. And so he's saying that if some, under the Mosaic law, if somebody broke something of yours, they got to pay for it, basically. They got to make retribution for it. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. And it did two things. One, it allowed for retribution because it said, well, you, you killed his calf. You got to get him a calf. You got to do this. You, you knocked that guy's tooth out. Guess what? You know, you, you're going to have to deal with that. But the second thing did, and this sounds weird, but it limited the retaliation because it set boundaries. Because let me tell you what, in real life, if you knock out my tooth, I may poke out your eye. And then if, you poke out, if I poke out your eye, you may come back and kill one of my family members. And then I may go over there and set your whole house on fire and kill your family. And then you may over it. That's how wars and everything starts because people, it's not just back and forth. It's you do something to me, I'm going to do something worse back to you. Well, then I'm going to do something worse back to you. Under the Mosaic law, you didn't do something worse back to somebody. It was an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Now, Jesus is teaching them. Watch what he does because it's different. Because we're not under that. He said, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I say to you. Now remember, once again, this is not personal revenge. This is a retribution aspect. He said, but I say to you, do not resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other to him also. If somebody wants to sue you and take your shirt, give him your coat. If some forces you to go a mile, go two miles. Gives to him who asks of you and do not turn them away of somebody that wants to borrow. What Jesus is saying, and this is really hard, is we don't demand our rights. If somebody does something to us, it doesn't mean we got to get them back. It doesn't mean we got to go sue them. It doesn't mean we got to go get them. In fact, as believers, sometimes the very best thing to do is turn the other cheek, is not to get them back, not to try to get our rights. By the way, turn the other cheek went to embarrass. It didn't necessarily mean slap somebody actual. It meant the idea if somebody embarrasses you, what are you going to do? I'm going to embarrass them back? No, Jesus says you don't have to. Let it go. Let it go. He gives four extraordinary things. One is what if somebody embarrasses you to slap on the cheek. By the way, if you, hit, if you slap somebody in public in that day and time, that was a very embarrassing thing for them. You remember as time went by through history in the Middle Ages, people had gloves and they'd go slap somebody in the face, you know. I challenge you to a duel and slap them in the face. That's, that's an embarrassing thing. This is what it means here. To slap on the cheek doesn't necessarily mean somebody hits you. It means they embarrass you. He says, if somebody embarrasses you, let it go. What, what if somebody wants to sue you and take your shirt, which was your inner garment? He said, let him have your outer garment. Let him have it. If he's going to sue you. And we're going to talk about rights in just a minute. But what he's saying is you don't have to get somebody back. And then he says, what if somebody forces you to go a mile? Go with him too. What if somebody says, go on out? Now, what are they talking about? Did you know at the time that Jesus lived, the Roman government controlled the world? And if you were a Roman soldier, no matter where you lived, if you were a Roman soldier, you could go to any person under the subjection of the Roman government, and you were a soldier, you could take your armor 
and you could give it to that person and you could command them to take your armor for at least a mile. Roman soldiers had that privilege. And so if you were just a regular old person standing around and a Roman soldier came up to you and said, carry my stuff, you'd go, okay. And by law, you had to carry it a mile. A mile. Jesus said, if he says, would you carry it for a mile, do what? Go the extra mile. Carry it two miles. Say, you want me to keep going or you want to stop here? He's saying, don't ask for your rights all the time. And, uh, and so sometimes, you know, we get so bent out of shape. And then look at this last one. Whoever asks of you, don't turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. If somebody has a need, give. Now his point is this, that sometimes in life as believers, we don't try to get people back. We're not trying to be those who say, I want my rights. We're not here necessarily to get our rights. It doesn't mean that, that people are going to walk all over us. It just says, by the way, I'm, I'm going to look out for people. I'm going to live my life for the glory of God. If someone wants to see you. Now, by the way, I want to throw this out because I just didn't bring this out. But if you go to the New Testament, you go to the church age, you go to us. This is still in the Mosaic Law. Did you know that under 1 Corinthians, Paul says that believers are not to sue other believers? You know that. You may say, really? Yeah. That means if, if you're in a local body and there's another Christian that somehow has done you wrong, he says you don't go to the, the court system before the unbelieving world to air out our differences. You don't do that. I was in a church in Borger, Texas, and there was a guy in that church that owned a business that sold particular things. And there was another guy in the church that would come in there and buy those things but not pay. He would say, I'll pay you, you know, I'll pay you. You know, and he'd say, okay, pay me. Well, time went by, he never paid. He never paid. He never paid. And finally it got to the point where the bill was pretty big size. And so the guy came in one day and he said, I can't sell you anymore because you still owe me all this stuff. And he said, you're never going to get it. And my friend who owns the business, who's a Christian, and this guy is a Christian in the same church, says, you're right, because I'm never going to see you, because I'm never going to go contrary to the Bible. But you know you've done wrong, and God will deal with you. So sometimes we talk about, what about our rights? Sometimes as believers, we give up our rights. Now let me show you something. Paul was a Roman citizen who used the law to defend himself. It's okay to use the law. There are times when we use the laws of our government, but as Jesus says, there may be some times that we give up our rights. So that's what this passage is saying. There may be times you give up your rights. Now, let me raise this one point. Then, how do we deal with those people who do us wrong? How do we deal with a situation like I just described to you in that church? How do you deal with somebody mistreats you and does wrong? And you say, well, I'm not going to get that person back. I'm not going to get that person back. How do we deal with those who do us wrong? Romans chapter 12 Paul writes and says, never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Don't get them back. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, as far as it depends on you, be at peace with all people. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Let me tell you what you do. You just have to trust God on that. You don't get revenge yourself. You say, that person did wrong. They know they did wrong. There may be times they use the government system, that's fine, but the other times you just say, I'm going to leave them in God's hands. 
Vengeance belongs to him, not to me. My job is not to get people back. You remember our goal? Our goal is to glorify God in everything we do. We are here as the salt and light to glorify God and to touch lives for Christ. So there are times not to seek our own rights or even to defend ourselves. That's where we have to have wisdom in a world that seeks its rights. We are to be different and live in a different way. So what are we saying? Application. Let me give you quick applications. First of all, let's keep our word. Let's do it. A religious leader said, if you didn't say God, you don't have to keep it. <laughs> Think about it. If we made it to God, we got to keep it. But if we didn't make it to God, we don't have to keep it. Jesus said, listen, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And so here's the challenge to every one of us in this room. When we give our word, when we say we're going to do something, be very careful because we should be bound by what we say. Okay? Second, let's be willing to give up our rights for others. We, don't ha- we have to trust God as we seek to bring glory to Christ. And there may be times that you just let it go. I read this, I thought it was kind of neat. That, neat, I thought it was kind of funny. The farmer, the farmer had been pestered by the carload of people who were climbing the orchard fence and eating his apples without any permission. So one day he walked up to them and they kind of were smiling sheepishly and they said, we hope you don't mind, we took a few of your apples. He said, oh, not at all. I hope you don't mind, I took some air out of your tires. You know? and, but that's not what we're supposed to do, is it? Because that's what the world says do. Don't let them get away with it. There may be times that we use the law just as Paul did. But there may be times we give up our rights to bring glory to God. May we make a difference being salt and light in our community, in our world.